Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Hey y'all, this week I am chatting with Janelle Alberts, author of Honest Answers, which is all about the biblical truth that goes beyond Sunday school answers that we've all been given, and she's teaching us how to extend those answers to our kids and engage in meaningful conversations. It's such an incredible, incredible chat. I can't wait for you to hear it. Hey Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Okay. So as always, to get us started, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Uh, Let's see a little bit about me. I started off my career working in PR departments. I did primarily crisis communication. And when I stayed home with my kids, I was freelancing PR and I really began to notice as I was trying to tackle things uh, theologically with my kids, uh, my friends and I were definitely saying, we're going to be the parents who answer our kids' questions. And then when I started to do it, I wasn't very good at it, <laughs> and my, nor were my friends. And we were surprised. I mean, mm-hmm. we are in this business of... Right tackling kind of complex ideas for corporations. A lot of my friends are also in PR or writers or that, that area. Mm-hmm. And we were just surprised, surprised actually yeah. how tough it was. And so I, in the process of being on the phone chatting with who's now my co-author, Ingrid Farrell, who has a PhD in Old Testament studies. And I was telling her, I'm trying to explain this very basic something, something to my daughter. And she would be giving me this, you know, spiel about Moses and then Ephraim and the, you know, Midianites. And I'm thinking, I got you. Now I need that and 140 characters or less, you know, to tell yeah. my little one. And so that's how we landed where we are now. Yeah, that's how we landed too. You have a book, Honest Answers. Let me just tell you, as a mother of a three and five-year-old, I am very thankful (laughs) for people like you writing books like this one. Uh, I know that a lot of people that are listening are going to feel the same way. They're going to be like, I'm sorry, where do I get get this book right now? Because um, we need it. And it's exact, you can be I mean, I like to consider myself relatively theologically sound. And I even just looking through some of the questions that you're tackling, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'd be totally <laughs> on like on my own trying to grapple through this. I can handle the three and five-year-old questions for the most part, but mm-hmm. I feel like we get much, much more past like ankle deep. I'm going to be a, in a little bit of trouble. So tell, and even uh, a communicator, you're not just theologically right. sound. You're also this is your this is business. what I do right <laughs> and still there's nothing more humbling than a five-year-old looking at you like I see someone's paying you to do something out there that's clarifying and it's not here at the kitchen table it's not making the transition <laughs> no so tell us about 
your book, Honest Answers. Tell us a little bit about it. We've got the, like how you got there. Tell us about the book. Well, we broke it into a couple of sections. I mean, we could talk in practically infinity ideas. So we just cut it down into four sections. Um, We're starting with the Bible. We cover science and faith. We cover the church. And uh, we also cover prayer. And largely, those seem to be places where my kids and my friends' kids circled around. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as if we needed to go, you know, scuba diver deep in each one, but we did need a couple scuba diver deep tidbits for yeah. each one. Right. Um, yeah. And so is it, it's, those are segments and then do you have kind of more individual questions in those segments? Yeah. So in the spirit of we meant to be good communicators and then we weren't very good at it, we realized first we needed something for ourselves. So we developed kind of cheat sheets. We, we call them parent primers. Uh-huh. And it's just a page or two where it um, brushes us up, the adults. Yeah. We can run through a page or two. And then we have our kids do a little Q&A with us. And mm. again, the dicey part about doing a Q&A, I don't know, uh, as your audience begins to discover this, you come to the table with these great Q&A questions and you've prepped yourself and then you pose a question and it's crickets. Mm. It's super awkward and nobody says. And uh, so these Q&A kind of help avoid that. It's yeah. something you can kind of read aloud. You get in, you get out, 10 minutes. I love that. There you go. That feels doable. Right. I feel like that makes it so much less intimidating. And plus it's a book that you could do for, uh, in theory, well, how we sort of set it up is say, look, tell your fam, you're going to be doing this for the next few weeks, once a week, you know, 10, 15 minutes tops. And you get into it really strong and you find you lacrosse season starts and then you quit. Right. And then you can come back to it again later, pick it up, do it again. Every little bit counts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Every single one of those conversations is impactful, even if they're not multiple times a week or or super consistently. Yes. Yeah. And parents can use it how they think. I mean, sometimes we just need to know, okay, let me go. Right. Do I feel a book? Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then you really maybe don't want to do the formalized Q&A, but when the question is lobbed at you from the backseat of the car, when you're carpooling, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'll oh, tell you, actually, I know something. Yes. Right. <laughs> actually. Yeah. And I think it's what you were saying about having the conversations with your co-author and then saying, I ca- okay, I need to be able to put this into 140 characters. You can have this really intense intellectual understanding of the Bible and its history and its context, but can you explain it to a five-year-old? Absolutely. Even if (laughs) if they want to know, even if all parties are on board. I mean, my son asked me a question once and I thought I know exactly the answer to that. And he knew I was working on this book. Mm-hmm. And so I was going on and on and on. And he was looking at me so intently. And I finished saying, I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, what did you think about that? And he very sweetly said, I hope it's clearer in your book. 
Oh my god! Like, and this went on. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you said. You yeah. Know? And and he meant well. I meant well. I mean, that's what Ingrid and I discovered. We thought what we were tackling is, oh, we need to be able to talk about this stuff. But what we discovered is, we need to know how. We right. need some. We need a couple cheat sheets. We need a couple Q and A. We need. We need a hand. We need some tools. We need some tools. Yeah. Yes. Which kind of brings us into what my next question was, which I think would be the question some people would maybe ask, which is, well, I mean, can't the Bible just kind of speak for itself? Can't it just kind of answer? Can I just point them to a verse and it will answer these questions? Yeah. I mean, the Bible definitely does speak for itself. Absolutely. But it also isn't a series of um, bullet points. It's not something that we want to utilize as, you know, sort of religious incantations. I mean, the God who created us, it, it created a very material experience for us. And so, and, and several resources, including the body of believers, mm-hmm. inclu- which means talking this stuff communicating scripture out is and scripture itself is stories of Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. walking this out talking this out so this business of walking and talking it out uh is paramount to uh renewing our mind getting to know the race that's set before us and what I discovered at least as my kids transitioned into nine, 10, 11 year olds, them transitioning from that period of, I mean, my daughter, when she was learning, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. I mean, she was sold. Right. And what was surprisingly hard for me was that transition when she went from um, saying, well, let's just pray about it to like there was this one experience where she had really prayed for her little brother and it didn't come to fruition Mm -hmm. and she was crushed Mm -hmm. and I was so surprised by that and I said you know he's fine you know God loves you God loves him and and she said this is what God's love feels like and (laughs) your face your audience can't see your face but (laughs) I know your face and like what would like what's your face is that what are you thinking right now when I just said that? oh well I think I'm thinking I've asked myself that before yeah I've asked oh oh is this what God's love feels like yeah yeah I have and, <laughs> I mean and I know better but that doesn't mean that you don't feel that way and even what you just said is so perfect because when I was looking at her saying that I thought am is my job to teach her to know better uh-huh. is my job to teach her what what is my job to teach her right now and what I really felt at that moment was fear mm-hmm. of something that wasn't doubt I mean she wasn't tossed and blown at that moment she right. was having a legitimate and what I can look back on now but failed to do entirely in the moment, which is why, <laughs> which is why we have this book. computer. <laughs> is I didn't want to leave that other phase, mm-hmm. that other phase of Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. That um, 
felt very secure to me. Mm -hmm. you, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked by my own, even saying this out loud, I've said this out loud a bunch of times now. <laughs> it's still like, my name is Janelle and I was shocked because I love their maturing relationships with God. Mm -hmm. I love my maturing relationship with God. I love renewing my mind. But when it started to happen with my daughter, I, it feels like panic. Absolutely. And yeah. So well, I think it's probably, she's starting to grapple with questions that you grapple with. And there is where the rubber meets the road, which is these questions aren't that mysterious. It's right. just, I, she's having it at nine year old. You kind of come around to the same in your double digits into college, into adulthood. Anyway, that's why we really would like to tackle it at nine. Yeah. And if, but there's limits, of course. Right. But if, we tackle what she's actually asking. Mm -hmm. What I felt at the moment was fear and what I didn't need to feel was pressure mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, position her ready for her 47 year old question. You know, right. I could I just had to be there for her nine year old. And like question. meet her there. And meet her there. But that was actually very hard. Yeah. I mean, we say this, but for some reason I thought, all to say, some of these uh, uh, little bits that we have in the book help. They help me. Right. In, in cases like um, another time when she was older, actually, she came home and said they had started to read Greek mythology at school. And they start young on Homer now because it's like a comic book, you know, paperback oh, kind of book. Uh -huh. Young. And she was saying, you know, what's really the difference between what we're reading here? Their and God and really our God. Exactly. And, yeah. Making some, and again, she's, she was not even being rebellious. She was no. just legit, right. Just legitimately talking about the literature that was put in front of her face. And so in the book, we have some really good quotes from academicians who say, it's not as if Greek gods didn't come to earth, uh, you know, because we are always, you know, I have always been educating my kids. Jesus came to earth. This differentiates him from in so many ways. And um, the, the academician had said, it's not as if Greek gods didn't come to earth. They do come to earth. It's just when they do, what happens is the humans become fuller and bigger and their locks are curlier and they're stronger. Like Telemachus is filled with courage for his speech. And Jesus, this is the academician. This is a Harvard, Sean Kelly, agnostic, no skin in the game saying materially, the stories are different. Jesus comes and he's the one who suffers. Mm -hmm. So it's the exact opposite. Total opposite. To hear a professor say, to say Greek mythology is the same as the Bible, it's just wrong. Yeah. It's wrong from, you know, as a parent, I can tell my kids, this is divinely inspired. This is what it means in my faith. But additionally, that's just not how the story goes. It's just the fact. It's just the fact. And having little tidbits like that. Yeah. That's super helpful. helpful. Yeah. Oh, and I love what you said about and you kind of reference this in all of the stories about your daughter that she, it's not that she was being rebellious. It's not that she was questioning. And I think that that is probably a jump 
that parents make totally understandably because I mean as a believer with children you're one of your worst fears is that they abandon their faith or they and they it doesn't become their own and so I think that that's a really important distinction of that these questions are they're fine that doesn't they're asking it's a good thing that they're asking you these questions and it's a good thing that they're asking the questions because I mean, if you think about it as a mid 30 year old, sometimes I feel like I'm not allowed to ask questions. Absolutely. So absolutely. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head because what I do want her and my son, what my husband want them to do is to keep coming back to us because rebellion does happen. I mean, trust me, that's, there's been rampant of that all around our kitchen table and yet they do seem to, I mean, I won't go down the rabbit hole of my personal experience because we are all just doing this the best that we can. And Absolutely. everyone will, well, not everyone will, will rebel. Actually, they won't. I actually have spoken with lots of people who haven't had that experience and then dialogue can be kind of uh, caustic for them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a little stifling for them. Yeah. Not necessarily, but anyway, in her case, when she has come in a really rebellious state, it's still very handy to have a few tidbits, like bang yourself around against a wall because yeah. that's on the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. that's not, I'm Amen. here to be your parent. Not, mm-hmm. But that I think is the, again, it's all been a big um, learning curve of whether I believe what I even say mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And do I believe it like in my head or do I like live it out? Believe it. Yeah. I mean, intellectually. Exactly. And I mean, I really believe. Absolutely. And then when I was observing what was mine to do with these kids and thinking the only chance of this going another way is if the Holy Spirit actually does what the Holy Spirit promises exactly the Holy Spirit does and I will just tell you I don't need to tell you but I'll just be bear witness along with your audience Holy Spirit is no joke always all of this is no joke scripture is no joke I mean Mm -hmm. this is real Mm -hmm. so that can give us like listen we're standing on actual solid ground so Mm -hmm. dialogue shouldn't be threatening exactly when we're on solid ground exactly not because we're so theologically sound on solid ground but because it's actually true so. right i gr- my dad i uh, grew up with these hard questions and my dad would say god has really big shoulders Aww. like he can he can carry your questions he can carry your doubts he can carry your mm. Mm, God, you kind of dropped the ball on that one, you know, like feeling yeah. that way. Not that he actually did, but right. that I've, and I'm thankful because in my adulthood, I have a healthy ability to, hey, God, that sucked. Yeah. I know yeah. that you use all things for good. I know that nothing is wasted, but like, what the heck? Right. You know, and, and I give, and you get an attitude adjustment and you move on, but like right in the moment, I'm, and that has allowed a level of vulnerability in my relationship with God that I, I think a yes. lot of people miss out on because they are afraid. Well, if God sees my doubt, Absolutely. then he's going to like smite me, you know? Right. right. And where we got the idea that faith means we drum something up. Right. 
Look at David. Look at David. David was, first of all, he was all over the map all the time. But then he also is like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you let my enemies crush me under their heel? You know, like, I mean, he's super drama about it, too. So, like, (laughs) if David was a man after God's own heart, like, I'm good. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And for our kids, when they start reading some of those stories themselves, I mean, you asked earlier, can't the Bible speak for itself? When they start reading those stories for themselves, that's when my son, for instance, was like, this is different than the coloring sheet. At <laughs> because that what? is amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so true, though. Like, and it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't introduce them to the coloring sheet at VBS. It doesn't exactly. mean you don't do Jesus we Storybook Bible. We need it. But it just it means all. you're prepared for. Oh, I'm sorry, David did what to who? Yes. You know, like yeah, yeah. Prepared for that. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So I'm so glad that your dad was so wonderful oh. to you in that way, and that's probably why you want to do this. Right. Do you think that? Oh, hundred percent. Can... Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know if I've ever actually like talked about it on the show now I'm thinking about it but I grew up in a Christian home with incredible Christian parents but did not have a personal relationship with Jesus until I was 20. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you think if I may ask yeah. what do you think that's about? Like so, what? I don't, I don't um I know that you are not uh you're not Enneagram versed we talked about that before. Well I try and that's I... fine it's totally like there's no yeah. judgment there but so I'm an eight, but I go to five and stress and fives are very intellectual. They want to understand all things about all things. And there were questions that people couldn't answer that I had. And I was not, I was like, I am not signing on for something that I cannot explain yeah. up, down, backwards, forwards in my sleep. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. And I think mm-hmm. I had some like general, not great experiences with like textbook Christians, you know, um, you know, and, and, but the cool thing is, is that when I did come around in my, you know, my relationship with God really became my own in at 20 or uh, 19, I had all this, I had this backlog, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that that is really important for parents to remember as well is, you know, I have friends who don't remember not believing in God and having a relationship with him. And that's incredible. And that's like, that's the goal. But I think if your kids aren't on that path, that doesn't mean that you just, man, well, they're not listening. You know, like you keep, you keep saying things like God has big shoulders. He can answer your questions because when they're 19, 20, 25, and God gets a hold of them, they've got this file cabinet in their brain that you've given them that it wasn't right. like I, I wasn't starting at square one. I wasn't starting at right. who who was Adam, who was right. Eve. Like I knew it all, but now I just believed it. Right. I don't mean to turn this on you, but no, how did your parents <laughs> handle that? Were your parents? Um. So I think for a lot of my life, I was a pretty good faker. Like I could show up to the youth groups. I could go on the youth trip. Do you think they didn't know? No, I your think parents? they did because I wasn't like, I wasn't really like 
wasn't really like I wasn't rebellious like I wasn't out like drinking right. and like making bad choices I was yeah. just kind of uninterested mm-hmm. and it's funny that you brought up Greek mythology because I was like I would rather read Homer and Iliad and and mm-hmm. learn about Medusa and I'm sure that terrified them a little bit now that I think about it they're probably a little like Ugh. <laughs> but that's interesting you don't even know like I gotta borrow a little of your parents fix your face this is yeah. a lot of parenting for me like fix yes. your face as yes. in we and then you know you're talking about David uh, Tim Keller had this great sermon once about get yourself some Nathan's because Ooh. you need some friends who are yes. you know his relationship with Nathan and Nathan called him out you are the man yeah and I have found that has been paramount for me like instead because pr- early in my you know parenting I, I could see that I was wanting so badly like what you're describing uh, your parents gave you kind of space about yeah, they like, did I really wanted to know but how are you in your core and a little bit of that is like I needed to back off a little bit yeah I didn't know that and I wouldn't have known it without some Nathan exactly no it's okay Nathan's are kind of tough to come I mean I had to be really yeah after I heard that sermon I thought I gotta get myself a little organized here and Mm -hmm. purposeful about this and Anyway, so yeah, I no, and I, I'm borrowing from them, even though do I haven't it. seen them face Yes, <laughs> they're incredible. They are incredible. They are the dream. I am the, like, I mean, my parents have been married 35 years and are, wow. I mean, they're, they're incredible. And they've given my sister and I a life that people can't come up with in their wildest dreams. I mean, they are oh, incredible, but they did, they gave us that space you know, mm. there came a point in high school where they did, they stopped making me go to church in high school. Oh, they just like, yeah. you don't want to go. You don't have to go. Like, because they didn't yeah. want to force me into a relationship with God. And yeah, they really, they couldn't have, I'm quite stubborn, you know? And I think yeah. that, well, and plus who of us, it's not even our job. Right. We, exactly. It's the Holy spirit. They I mean, trusted and the Holy spirit. I'm very needing their phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, they did, they, they stopped like making me go to church and they never pushed it, but they also didn't stop talking about it. We didn't stop praying around the dinner table. And every morning when I woke up to get ready for school, my dad was reading his Bible at the, at the dining room table, you know? And so a lot of it was, they led by example and I saw right. them pray together as a couple and I saw the way that they treated people and the way that they consumed the word and and were involved in their church and so once I once it clicked for me once I got it and was like oh okay yeah I want this mm-hmm. well I, I had a blueprint not only did yeah. I have all this like backlog knowledge but I knew I knew what actually living your life for Christ looked like and so if nothing right. else the bare minimum if we're modeling that for our children yeah, they see yes. that and it's impactful. And plus, we are not on a mission here to close a deal. I mean, we are yes. busy doing what is our race that before us, we have stuff right. to do. So they right. were not like, Oh, I'm going to suspend all activity until we close this deal with you. They were yes. on with it. And you were, you, you had an appropriate place in their yeah. life. That's, that is, this is the glory of the resources 
of this God and that yes. is the body of believers. I mean, yes. I really do feel like I can borrow from them just because I can. I don't yeah. know how this works, but yeah. I, no, I, you absolutely I can. Right. And they like, would I want you to, you know, and they would want, yes. And oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, they literally are like enshrined in gold and not in an unhealthy them. way. I love, they're amazing. You, they're you need amazing. To them after we get off. Oh, you need to go. <laughs> I absolutely am going to. And I'll probably cry when I tell them I need about to this send conversation. Them some treats. Right. <laughs> right. Donuts, flowers. Something. We might need to do a little extra. They get lots of time with their grandchildren, and that is all they want from us. So, oh my God. Gosh, it just gets better and better they're, with this they're the dream like once we were freed up in quarantine they were like bring like bring them to us like oh I bet that oh. was agony to be a part they like only that. made I mean if I'm being totally honest they mm-hmm. only it's just made me and you. it right, right right and like you know a couple thousand people they they yeah. only <laughs> they only made it like five four or five weeks and they were like I can't, they were like, we can't do like, it, it was my youngest birthday. And they were like, yeah. we can't, we this can't not see her for her birthday. This, this mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And they kind of, my dad is in the medical field. And so I think they were kind of like, if we were going to get it, we would have gotten we're it We're tracking already. it. Yeah. We're making a choice here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> should we just title this episode? Like Blake's parents are awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe should. I think it's belated. Thank you to your parents. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Okay, if you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner or you manage anything, you need to listen up. I get a ton of questions about how I keep up with all of the invoices and contracts, schedules and interviews, guests and sponsorships. And I want to tell you that all of that stuff for me goes through HoneyBook. I have used every CRM program out there and I'm here to tell you that HoneyBook is the best one. The back end that you experience is beautiful and seamless and super easy to learn. And then the the end that your customer or your client deals with is just as beautiful and just as easy to navigate. So if you want to give HoneyBook a try, I can give you 50% off your first year. So just head to crappychristianco.com slash favorites, and you'll see a link there for HoneyBook, and you can sign up and get 50% off of your first year of organization and management. So circling back to honest answers, because I do think this is such an incredible resource. It's, I thought about, this would be a book my parents owned, like when I was a kid, without a doubt. That's a huge compliment. Oh, I, without a doubt. I they probably owned so yes, nice. they probably owned some like <laughs> yes, 90s yeah. version of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and we you mentioned this in, in a story with your daughter, which and when I was reading through kind of the content, this stuck out to me. The idea of unanswered prayers, right? We mm-hmm. made a Garth Brooks joke already mm-hmm. before we started recording. <laughs> not too um, late. It's not too late. It's never it's never an inappropriate time to talk about Brooks but you talked about that about her praying for her little brother and the and the resulting question being like is this what God's love feels like how right how what the heck do you do with that 
Well, like I said, when she, when that happened with her, I didn't know what to do. And I, I handled it terribly. I, I panicked. I'm, I let her see I was panicking. And what we did in the book, though, is um, we talk about that as, of course, prayer is something more than just asking for stuff. Of course it is. But it's interesting that this is the section of the book that has gotten the most attention, the most questions, because um, of course it's more than just asking for stuff. But we set that against the backdrop of various people. Like one is Corey Ten Boom, and she saved um, her neighbors from the Nazis. She saved her Jewish neighbors from the Nazis during World War II. And, you know, this was a woman who asked for stuff. Right. So, yes, prayer is not just asking for stuff. It's building a relationship. But it is also yeah. calming. We have this permission. We have this power. We have something before us that Corey Ten Boom really got it. And so that sounds sort of uh, maybe a harsh example, but we do it in a kid way that just makes you see how somebody else walked it out in faith mm -hmm. because she had massive answers to prayer. She had right. major divine intervention and still the war raged on. Yeah. So two things happen at the same time. And this is where the body of Christ again comes into play. Like Christianity is just not an individual sport and the monumental difference it had, it, the impact it has for our kids to just see it walked out in another person yeah. in the way that even just hearing this about your parents fuels me mm -hmm. I mean is that you know through the Holy Spirit and you know just the power of word the power of um a person walking out her story the way Corey Ten Boom did even though it's a historical character uh that's really how we tackle that in yeah. the book and we especially talk about prayer takes practice mm. and uh instead of there's you know there's a special way to do it and oh I can't come to God you know with what I'm really feeling that wouldn't be holy enough and I'm going to offend you and even some things we've talked about on this in this conversation like yeah. I should know better and <clears throat> so we kind of riff off the Garden of Gethsemane Oh. And in the idea saying, yeah, that's not how Jesus handled it. Exactly. Jesus came raw. Right. Jesus came. I don't want to scared. do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And we use, uh, Kathy Keller did a sermon, uh, a, a, a lecture about <clears throat> praying. And she had said, it's like um, anything else that you want to get good at you're going to have to fail a few times. You're going to have to trial and error a few times. You don't really know where the boundaries are until you've gone off of the boundaries. Right. And using that kind of language just yeah. brings a whole load of oxygen into, well, here's what praying is. It's a lot of practicing. How do I talk to God? And it isn't just sitting in a room, you know, thinking it is utilizing all of these resources looking yeah. at scripture you know what does that even mean to me why am I questioning about that what is that how come that character looks so different than me how could I look like that character or 
I mean, in our kids' cases, it's mostly why bother with all this if somebody's still not sitting with me at lunch? Mm-hmm. Or why does it matter if I've prayed about this and my parents are still going through a divorce? Right. Or, you know, the global issues we are facing now. I mean, why? So that idea, that prayer then begins to be we're going to practice. We're going to try to talk to God about this. And, you know, what have we learned in scripture? What have we learned from each other? What have we even learned from God? Maybe their strategy is to write something down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real gist of it is with the idea of it's going to take practice, 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 and you do not have to come fully baked. That's the point. Mm-hmm. You're not fully baked. Right. You're. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love that you, what you said about that two things were happening at the same time. Yeah. That yeah. that is such a, that really kind of lands on unanswered prayers, right? That you can be praying for something and things can be going on. Like the war can continue while yes. good things are happening. You know, yes. Corey Ten Boone was accomplishing really beautiful, important things and the war continued. You know, yes. and that I think that it, it there, God. We, one of the things I say a lot is like God functions in the gray. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I think that that's important. And to acknowledge in that gray, sometimes we feel God's presence mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. than when it's the sunshine, technicolor, mm-hmm. and you know what is the purpose of life yeah what are we here for I mean the more we experience and align our understanding of even our day-to-day experiences along with this idea that mom and dad are trying to tell us about God um the that's progress and that's a really you know nebulous thing to kind of talk about what so we use people to use to, to to demonstrate the example. We talk about Jacob, how he wrestled. Yeah. Wrestled, kind of walk through that with him. Yeah. We talk about Abraham, how he was given, you know, all of this uh, clout, you know, in the church and in the Bible. And then you can come to it. And then he sells his sister, his, right. his wife, like a sister. And then it's like, listen, we've got this nailed down. The huge covenant happens with Abraham. And then you turn the page. And then how does Abraham react? He does it again. Right. Right. So that's just, again, illustrating to the kids. This, this is what prayer looks like. Exactly. It looks like wrestling. wrestling. (laughs) It looks like trial and error. And, and in those processes, you're not alone. Yeah. And, but that's that's hard to buy off on. But when you begin to see somebody like a Corey Ten Boom, you've got some quotes that nail it to them. Right. And it's like in your circumstance, you felt that, you saw that, you experienced that. It's possible that little prick mm-hmm. of Jesus, Holy Spirit, God that I felt in my heart when I was crying on the bus ride home because nobody was sitting with me. It's possible that was God. It's possible Mm. I'm not alone. It's possible Mm -hmm. some of this is true. It's possible this seat isn't as, you know, engulfing me like I thought. It's just, you know, incremental little steps count. That's amazing. And such a, yeah, that's amazing. That's exactly what I think all of us as parents are 
striving for, right? Or, or should be is those small moments of recognition and understanding and giving our kids the space to ask the hard questions, to grapple with the questions, to not do it right. Yeah. But to do it with them. Absolutely. And when they see circumstances playing out in a certain way, they're not beholden. Like Corey Ten Boom saw these circumstances playing out and she wasn't beholden to say, oh, this is the right way things should go. Oh, this is God's will to be. She's like, no, I got to step up. Yep. And to feel like you, I, I don't know. I mean, again, that's the miracle of prayer and mm-hmm. scripture and the body of Christ and, you know, walking through trial and error, beginning to really, you know, bring to the table to them all of these different elements rather than like we started off saying why can't it just be an incantation that's just not how god set it up right and that doesn't work for me as an adult why would it work for a nine-year-old and we actually quote in the book um that same harvard professor saying that doesn't sum up life right and he's an agnostic i mean we we quote actually several agnostics who testify right to the Bible as the place where human dignity orient, or originated. The Bible as the place where agape love originated. The Bible yeah. as the place that is not like Greek mythology. It offers a very complex uh, storyline that, like we were saying, two things can be happening at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. this is true. Yeah. What we're talking That's about my is favorite. True. Right. Like when, that's my favorite. When even people that don't believe have to be like, well, you know, yeah. Like you're kind of, you're right. You know, like that's the best. That's the best. Cause you're like, on this side of it, you're right. Well, and on this side of it, you're like, yeah, I am. am." (laughs) Well, and yet I was sitting in my daughter's room. She had the tiniest little blip of, is this what God's love for? And I'm ready to doubt. I mean, we're, we're all, I just feel, I've just been shocked how I'm right on the edge of, we're all really in the same place. Absolutely. I mean, it just keeps on and on, but they also um, testify to this idea that the elements are there, that what the, what the uh, literature says matches with what the laws of nature say matches with how human conditioning goes matches with how community building goes yeah yeah no I love that I love that so much um okay close out the episode tell people Mm -hmm. where they can find you follow you and get honest answers uh honest answers best to just head on over to amazon google my name you're set and you can find me on Facebook, just Janelle Albert. Janelle Albert. You got me. Yeah. Janelle, thank you mm. so much. This was such a thank great conversation. I, I, enjoy, I could, yes, we're going to need to just carry this on next week because I mean, <laughs> on a three-way call with your parents. I was about to say, you're using me to get to my parents, aren't I you? Know, I, I mean, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome.
All right. See you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.